You're listening to the Autism in Action podcast, the place for families all across America to connect with autism resources, services, and support. I'm your host, Tasha Rollins, licensed professional counselor associate, private practice owner, boy mom, autism advocate, published author, and autism parenting coach. I help families learn to advocate and navigate through the world of autism. Each week, you'll have a chance to listen in to other autism experts and learn about additional resources. Let's embrace the idea there's more to autism than we know, and there's always, always hope. With the internet at our fingertips, there's no excuse for families not to receive the services they need. This podcast will help bridge the gap of missing information and services for autism all across America. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Autism in Action podcast. Today, we've got another special guest. We have got Mr. Michael Sweeney with the Endeavor 21 at the Threefold Community. Thank you so much for being here today and for having the ability to share all about this amazing service that you guys have got going on. Sure. Uh, thank you very much for having me. And uh, it's a pleasure. As I, I mentioned to you offline, I have very good friends in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, which is near you. So uh, I'm happy to spread the message to my my friends in the South. And obviously this goes everywhere. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, just tell us all about what this is that you guys have going on and, and your personal endeavor with autism. Sure. So um, we have, uh, so we're a family of four. It's myself and my wife, Katie. Um, you can see in the background, that's actually... Um, when the sun goes down a little bit more, you'll be able to see it better. Uh, we live in Manhattan and uh, we've lived here all of our adult lives. Um, and so our older son is now um, 23 years old. Um, he's actually just graduated from the United States Naval Academy. Um, he's now a, uh, in naval aviation down in Pensacola, Florida. So, you know, we've been very fortunate to have um, not only, you know, just a sort of quote unquote, you know, neurotypical son, but a, a son who's really, you know, he's really led us to some very unique places. Um, and that whole experience has really integrated over to Dustin's side, which is his brother. Dustin is now 22 years old. Uh, Dustin graduated from uh, school here in New York. He actually, again, we live in Manhattan, but he went to a school north of the city up in Westchester County. So he reverse commuted for, I don't know, about six, seven, eight years to that school. And um, so he graduated in June. So we, it was a big year for us. 2019 was a very big year um, in that both of our kids basically transferred, transitioned out of school. Again, Dylan out of the Naval Academy into Naval Aviation and Dusty um, out of uh, Halton Country Day School into what unfortunately is known here, I'm not sure how you guys refer to it down there, but is known as falling off the cliff, which is um, what happens <coughs> next. Mm -hmm. So we, um, about two, three years ago, I was in a position where I was able to um, really take the time to really look at this from 
you know, mainly a New York perspective, but obviously it's a societal um, issue, meaning across the country. But as, as you know, all of this stuff is very state by state driven. So I started, I took what is now known as a housing navigator class in New York. And I wasn't doing it so much to, um, I'd done a little bit of real estate development and I was really just trying to learn the intricacies of the tax codes and sort of how everything works. Um, and that was a good introduction, but the reality is, especially here in New York, our population is way behind the curve. Um, we're in two separate uh, systems up here where the homeless population is in uh, what is known as the New York State Office of Mental Health. So that's a very established system that's been around for years and years, and we're actually pretty good at dealing with the homeless population in New York. Um, then on the other side is what they call OPWDD, which is Office of People with Developmental Disabilities. And that system is, has been around for a long time, but the difference is uh, when people sort of graduated from school, OPWDD took the um, sort of position that, okay, now we're gonna have to take care of these people for you know, 24 seven, 365, 40 years. So that's a very complicated conversation and that's where you had you know, the institutions that were here back in the 60s and 70s that now have closed, they then went to group homes where a lot of it in New York ends up being in like a six-person uh, suburban home um, where there's no transportation, you know, very few of our population drive. So it's actually arguably more isolating. Um, so this next phase that came about is when, uh, this has been going on for years and years, but uh, the sort of final sort of piece to it was the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. um, and, this is, and this is not a political conversation, it's just been going on forever. And that was sort of what the, the final sort of springboard that allowed what is known in New York as self-direction. So what does that mean? So as opposed to all the money going to, you know, for Dustin went for, again, for eight years of Hawthorne Country Day School, had 144 students. So roughly $50,000 a year for 144 students. That's, you know, rounding the numbers, about $7 million a year goes to that school to run that school for 144 people. So as a result, and this is not to pick on that particular school, but that's not a great way to do it because, you know, especially in our population where the kids are so individualized, so different, it's very difficult to build an individual program in that type of environment. So self-direction here in New York, we jumped into it um, probably about four or five years ago and it was for his after-school budget and now it's actually moved up to his full-time budget. So my wife and I manage Dustin's uh, budget where um, he's able to do a lot of cool programming. Now, it's a lot of work and it's you know just getting started and now we're trying to figure out the housing piece of it um, for Dustin and a lot of people mm -hmm. um, right now the way his his work his life is set up is he lives with us here in the our Manhattan apartment and then he actually commutes uh, two days a week over to Brooklyn just takes the subway um, he goes with his one-on-one uh, -on -one comhab worker uh, Jermaine uh, they go to Brooklyn and they go to a bakery called Invictus and they're friends of ours that uh, started the program and you know we've been with them 
since they started it, we were just going weekends at the beginning and now they're, they're going, you know, they've got their own uh, facility in Brooklyn now. It's great. It's really phenomenal. Uh, so he goes over there and he works two days a week at the bakery and they're now, they started off with dog biscuits, but now they do uh, baking for, um, you know, all sorts of other bakeries. They, they do a lot of basically outsourcing of bake, uh, bakers. Um, then they do, Dustin does one uh, day a week uh, in Central Park, uh, which is really cool. So he actually is part of what they call the green team. And he goes into Central Park and he's part of, uh, it's mainly elderly people, people who are like retired and they just love Central Park. I mean, you know, Central Park st today, is, you know, especially if you're out and not from New York, it's still, you know, one of the one or two sort of big destinations that everybody goes to. So as a result, it always needs cleaning. It always needs work. There's always gardening to be done. So Dustin is part of a green team that goes in uh, on Wednesdays and he works on the green team with Jermaine. Um, but it's great. He actually just got invited to his first holiday Christmas uh, party um, like two, two, two weeks ago. So it was his party. It wasn't mine. Uh, I mean, I took him because Jermaine, it was a Sunday night, but it was cool. Like, you know, Dusty has now had the experience of having his you know i wouldn't call it a corporate party but you know he had like his first holiday party that was his party and you right. know again I, I was you know at this point in life this kind of been my focus so uh but they didn't invite me they invited dusty so yeah. it's kind of funny <laughs> but that's honestly like that's what i'm really trying to achieve right. so the the last piece is um on mondays and fridays um, he goes up to auto spec school. Um, he goes up to what is now known as Endeavor 21 plus. So up in Rockland County, Rockland County is 22 miles North or, or the campus is 22 miles North of the George Washington bridge. Uh, there's a 200 acre campus that's been there for 80 years. And, um, the bigger campus is called the threefold community and threefold is mainly focused on, uh, education around uh, Waldorf education. There's a traditional K through 12 uh, Waldorf school. I think there's about, um, I can't remember if it's 150 or 250 kids in, at, the, at the Green Meadow Waldorf school. Mm -hmm. Then the woman, uh, Jeanette R Rodriguez, who deserves all the credit and she's really the one that, um, she's just an amazing woman. She started out of spec school for her son. She was an educator, um, but she started it for her son. and her son now is actually living independently in Utah. Um, so it's, you know, been a very successful story. So uh, auto spec school started probably eight years ago. And now there's about 30, 30, 30, 35 kids. And the same phenomenon was happening where people were graduating and they had no place to go and everybody loved auto spec school. So it was like, how do we build out this uh, 21 plus program? So that was started um, by a, a family, um, um, that had graduated about a year before Dustin. And, you know, so it was the first one. And basically for him, it was just sort of an extension of out of spec school, which is in the, um, uh, traditions of Waldorf schools. It's very sort of mind, body, spirit. So there's a, a, a huge farm up there. We also have a retirement community called the fellowship. Mm -hmm. um, or there's 150 residents that are in sort of that, you know, uh, retirement stage of life where it's, you know, beginning, middle and end of, of the end of your life uh, where they come. Some people live in actually houses on the campus. 
some people live in the retirement community and then uh, obviously in the last stage you're in hospice care. Um, so Dustin actually will work, does a lot of work on the farm. There's a big uh, bio, what they call biodynamic farm, which is kind of like a, a much higher level uh, organic farm um, that comes out of the Rudolf Steiner sort of philosophy of uh, how to approach again, my, uh, mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, he works at the fellowship, which is the retirement community. Um, and then there's literally, there's, you know, I'm really not exaggerating. There's 20 other jobs that eventually I can see him or other people doing on campus, you know, gardening, uh, farming, uh, take, taking care of the elderly, you know, just mm -hmm. general maintenance. Um, so it's really what, and the, the thing that's, the most beautiful thing about it is the community uh, was already engaged with our population at the school level, um, but it's also just inside of the philosophy of the community to work with all sorts of people, you know, either elderly, you know, young, traditional, you know, it's a very open-minded community and it's been that way for 80 years. Mm -hmm. So th that's the part that to be candid, there's no secret sauce on, you know, you can have all the money in the world and you can't make that mindset just sort of pop into the equation right. um, because we're actually integrating, you know, th here's the hard part was like, how do you integrate our kids? Well, you know, we live in Manhattan, right? Everybody's busy, you know, doing, doing what they do in Manhattan. And so, you know, it's always been a challenge to integrate Dusty, um, you know, into, uh, the community now the the it's the yin yang of life as a result of being in a very dense population we also have access to services that a lot of people don't have mm -hmm. so you know why do we stay here so long is because you know we really have a great network we have great resources um so you know like all this stuff in life it's sort of yin yang mm -hmm. um so um let me just jump to the um, the housing piece because that's what a lot of people are trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. um, so the the basically when they go into you know Endeavor Twenty One, um, now it's you know sort of a work vocational um, type of program. But I I really want Dustin. I'm really really he is a very good worker, and our friends at, at Invictus the Bakery have really taught him um, how to be a good worker, and he didn't learn that at school they were really the first that put in that structure and the step-by-step. -step. And so now he works three, four hours at a time. And when I say he works, like he works really hard during that time to the point where we have to like pull him off because, you know, you wear down and he, he's nonverbal. So he isn't able to say like, I've had too much, you know? So right. we have to make sure that, you know, we give him breaks, but anyway, he works very hard for three, four hours. Now uh, at the community, we actually have on the perimeter, so it's not actually on the campus, uh, we have four families that have purchased homes um, and they literally, it's kind of like what I call them, the Magic Kingdom. We were a big Disney family where, you know, you cross that line and all of a sudden you're in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, so literally you go out the back door, backyard of the house and you're on the Magic Kingdom, i.e. on the threefold campus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, the great thing about that is, you know, Dusty always needs a one, somebody with him here in Manhattan to cross the street. You know, he does not have the ability to cross the street in Manhattan. Um, up there, you know, he can walk out the backyard and I can tell him, Hey, go see Jose out the farm. And 
he could, you know, we're not at that point yet, but eventually I definitely know he would be able to do that, meet Jose, you know, be independent. And if he gets lost along the way, there's, you know, it's like you have to see the way the community works. It's, especially in the summertime, it's very, you know, I don't want to call it busy, but, you know, there's a lot of people around and everybody knows them. So it's, you know, it's like a small town. It's like a small town. Um, so the, there's four families that have purchased homes. Um, and we are now in the process of uh, just about to get our uh, approvals to build a $14 million building uh, on the campus. Um, so you asked me before the, the call if, if we have any events coming up. And the answer is we're going to have a lot of events once we get a little bit further along. We just have to get uh, a little bit further along. But on the uh, website for Endeavor 21, you can see a picture of the building. And it was built by um, the architect is a gentleman, Charles Rose, who grew up with Jeanette Rodriguez. And it's beautiful, and we've already won like a, a pre whatever architectural award. And um, um, I really believe that it's going to happen because when every you know, I just had like a new family come up yesterday from Long Island, and, and they're just starting one day because their son's still in school. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, she sent me a note last night, and you know, I could feel through the email. She's she was literally like it felt like she was crying through the email in happiness. Um, because she really felt like she found the place that uh, not only wanted her son and, and not, you know, because of the economics that he would bring, but that really, you know, cherish um, the individual. And that's, you know, again, where I, I, I was, I, ma I made trips to Florida. I went to Maine. I went to upstate New York. I went to the Hamptons out in Long Island. I mean, you know, I was really took this for like two, three years and I was lost for a while. I didn't, find anything other than stuff that you know I didn't want my son to be at right uh, and you know all of a sudden I found this community I want to be clear it's really small it's really small and we're really careful not to you know jump in too fast the good news is again it's been around for 80 years mm -hmm. so um, you know we're 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 baked into the you know the community's not going anywhere it's a matter of how many people we can ultimately bring in there right. and then ultimately how we can you know, expand it to, I don't think this place is ever going to be replicable just because of its, you know, location close to the city and, you know, just all that stuff. But it definitely, people can learn from the approach and how we're doing the housing and the model of, you know, with all this stuff, there's, I, I'm a big believer in there's not one model out there. Um, you got to piece together, you know, your model for your, your, your individual and then ultimately your, you know, specific uh, community that you're developing. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is I'm involved. I'm on the parents committee. Uh, the first project that was kind of like my, I don't want to, um, that sort of evolved into this self-direction uh, process was the Archdiocese of New York has a parish over in Staten Island where they had a, a convent where the nuns used to live. I, I was born and raised Catholic the uh the nuns used to live at the at the convent right on the you know right next to the school which is next to the church and it was empty for five years the so the archdiocese um we, we did a whole renovation we put three million dollars into the building and we just moved in the first residence on january 1st now i'm not involved there anymore day to day because it's you know it's really the families have taken over which is again the great thing it's like um 
we really want, I, I'm a big believer in the community uh, making it happen. So over there, the only requirement that we had of the, it's really um, eight or nine residents um, and then uh, two workers um, that will live at that building. The only requirement is we wanted to have three or four people from that parish. And it wasn't because of religion or any of that. It was because we wanted people that we knew, you know, once the parents, you know, go away, they die, they move on. Um, we wanted to make sure that, that there was a, a baked in community, either from brothers or sisters or cousins or uncles, whatever it would be that that, that parish really knew at least a core group of that uh, community. So that's been really, really important. And, you know, I'm really, uh, I, I'm that community in New York now, I'm really reaching out to the, what's known as the, the JCC in Manhattan, which is the Jewish uh, Community Center of Manhattan. So the, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to them, but to all faith-based organizations, you know, it's really that community dynamic that I believe is going to be super important for, you know, our, I hate to say young adults. I'm supposed to say young adults now. I still think of Dusty as a kid. Me too. Um, Mine are 18 yeah. and 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I've been rambling on. Um, no, me, uh, this is what just I missed. Awesome. Awesome information. And, you know, it is great that you guys are able to have access to these, these kinds of services and really get, you know, involved in, and having him have a full-time schedule. I think that is just amazing I, as a parent, you know, I, I, um, with mine, it's hard to have that full-time schedule because we're in such a rural area with limited access to service. And, right. um, so that's just, that's amazing. It truly is. So the, well, the, and the other piece to it too, that is, you know, historically, again, I'm speaking more about New York, but it seems to be this way, you know, most states, um, OPWDD in a good way, uh, Office of People with Developmental Disabilities, um, took the approach that, okay, we got to, we had to take this problem on and it's, you know, it's a big problem. And, you know, that's why they build institutions. The institutions weren't built. Uh, this is one of the things that was great about taking the housing navigator class is when you really step back and you, you know, looked at things from 1960. Um, we were in that post-war United States, you know, we were building, 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 building. Okay. And the institutions were built with good intentions to actually take pressure off of people like the Sweeney's because we needed sort of all hands on deck into we we're in that post-war explosion where we needed everybody work, work and, you know, women, men, you know, whatever. Right. We, we couldn't burden the Sweeney's with, you know, this child. So we'll take them on and we'll move them over. The, the famous one here in New York is um, Willowbrook over in Staten Island. Um, you know, but unfortunately budget cuts happen, you know, um, you know, too many people, you know, yada, yada. And all of a sudden you just had the worst thing in the world um, was over at Willowbrook. Just, I mean, supposedly it was just horrible. I mean, there's films on the internet. Of just, you know, you can't believe that it happened in the United right. States of America, let alone, you know, 20 miles from Wall Street. Not even 20, you know, 10 miles. Um, so, but what I, you know, sort of learned in that process is, um, you know, you go into a lot of this stuff thinking that, you know, you're doing the right thing. So right now, you know, I think we're doing the right thing. Um, but I know that, you know, we're going to make mistakes. Um, it's just, you know, it's a function of life. Um, 
And that's the challenging part because as parents, all of us want our kids to be sort of super safe and secure. Um, but you know, we don't get that. And you know, my other son doesn't get that he's in the military. Right. So, um, you know, how do you find that balance between, you know, finding a safe, secure environment? Because if it's too safe, then, you know, you don't do anything. Not help. Right. right. Um, we want it to be fulfilling too. Fulfilling. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and the, the big, the big example I use for that is Dusty. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Surfers Healing and Izzy Paskowitz. Mm-hmm. Um, so Surfers Healing, they actually do it down in, um, uh, they do one, uh, they do two camps down in South Carolina, one uh, down by Charleston, um, Camp near the beach. And then they do another with a lot of Marines, uh, that, uh, Marine families that have uh, autistic kids down there. Um, uh, there's a big uh, Marine base down there. Anyway, uh, Izzy always says like, you know, he, w- one day I was with him on the beach in New Jersey and one of the moms came up and was like, you know, is this dangerous? And Izzy's this, you know, like big surfer. He was a professional surfer. And we take he takes 144 autistic kids a day out surfing when he does these surf camps. It's amazing. Um, and he was like, he's a surfer. He's like, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. We're surfing, man. And uh, you had to see, like, the woman's reaction. It was really funny. Like, I could never get away with it. But Izzy, because he has a lot of tattoos and he's, like, a really cool guy. Yeah, you know, like, he totally gets away with it. Um, but the point was, is like, we find that balance of, you know, uh, taking the kids surfing, but we do it, uh, to my knowledge, they've never had any serious accidents, you know, a couple bumps and bruises from falls. Yes, I, I actually banged my toe uh, last summer uh, out in California. But, you know, again, that's a, a good problem to have. Um, but he's very good at explaining, like, our kids deserve to have some danger in their lives, too. Um, and yeah. it's, again... When he says it, it's really powerful because, again, he was a professional surfer. And, right. you know, and, and his name is Izzy Paskowitz. I'll send you it. Surfer's Healing. Um, it's, you know, honestly, it's my model of what I'm trying to do is I'm really trying to take Izzy surf camps, uh, which are 24-7, uh, excuse me, which are one-day surf camps. He does them now all over the world, Australia, Puerto Rico. Uh, southeast coast, northeast coast, obviously California, where they live, Hawaii. Uh, they've gone to Australia. I mean, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Wow. Um, and uh, but I'm trying to take what he does in one day, which everybody is crying and just in for great reasons. Uh, all the families are crying. I'm trying to create 24 7, 365. So, you know, it's complicated trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I really, the, the great news is like, I feel like up at uh, Endeavor 21, we found the community that uh, we can do it in. You know, I, I, again, I can't do it for the entire, I can't do it. You know, I've heard the number that there's 10,000 people on the wait list uh, for housing in New York State at OPWDD. I don't know if I believe that. Um, but um, the point is, you know, there's there's a lot of demand for this, obviously. And that's why you have a podcast. and. That's why I'm on it. 
Yes. And I, here with the Autism in Action podcast, you know, our mission is to help families connect with services, resources, and support all across America. So you're in New York, I'm in South Carolina, and, you know, you've just given some wonderful insight and incredible value on a wonderful model, it sounds like, you know, that, you know, hopefully us parents can can get on board and, and you know, try to steer the ship a little bit, all hands on board. So like you said earlier, you know, it takes a lot of people to make big things happen. I'll, I'll, uh, after we get off the call, I'll send you, um, I'll send you surface healing, but then I'll also send you tonight. I, I'm going up to a, a meeting um, for a group. I don't know if you've heard of it called uh, Spectrum Designs. And right now they um, have a t-shirt factory. It's mainly t-shirts, uh, but a uh, t-shirt factory out in uh, Fort Washington, Long Island. And now they're about to open up their second location up in Westchester County. So uh, Long Island's east of the city, Westchester's north of the city. Uh, but this year they did 4 million in sales and they have a whole business model of how to really turn this into a business. And they have 70 to 80% uh, of their workers are on the autism spectrum. That's that is just awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. They, I mean, they're the, you know, they're number one in my, you know, my view of around New York, and I'm not saying I've seen everything, but the ones that I know, uh, they're number one. Uh, number two is um, uh, Invictus, um, but then we have another uh, great woman who's doing beautiful stuff at Love Michael, where they're making granola in downtown Manhattan. Uh, so we are truly, uh, you know, we're getting there. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to mention today before we close on the podcast? No, um, I, uh, I really appreciate you, um, you know, inviting me. And uh, number two, um, the, I, I'm a big believer in the city and country life, so I don't know exactly where you are. Because um, I, I, I see like a lot of the problems um, were, was actually in the isolation of the suburbs, you know, that a lot of our group homes in New York, and, and again, nobody knew it at the time. They were, just, they were thinking like, all right, we, we were closing the big institutions. Let's buy a couple of houses. Everybody likes to have green grass. Everybody likes to have a little space. Um, so it was all sort of done for the right reason. But when you don't have, um, when the, you know, people living there don't have the ability to drive, it means pretty much that everybody you know, it might change a little bit in this sort of Uberized world, uh, but it means for the most part, everybody has to travel at the same time or to the same place. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really, you know, sort of not great. Um, so I really, uh, again, Dustin right now, you know, yes, we live in Manhattan, but when you go up to our campus at Endeavor 21, I mean, it's 200 acres. Like you go over the one uh, side of it and you're out in the country. Uh, I mean, you feel like you're in Vermont. Um, so, uh, you know, I really would love you to, again, with two kids, I don't know how you'll do it, but in the summertime, if you can come up um, and, you know, see the campus, it's, you know, it will give you a lot of ideas, I can tell you. Well, that. I would absolutely love to do that, and we hope to plan a trip to New York soon, so that that would be awesome to be able to come check that out, and I okay. would know if we, get, if we get that opportunity. So. And that my one other one, too, if you come to New York, uh, my son, uh, my wife's on the board of, uh, um, uh, a bunch of things re related to Broadway. So we're very involved in the autism being involved community too. That's her side, yes. side of the equation. So if you come, we'll get you into a show somehow. 
Sounds great. Thank you so much for being here today and for taking the time to share everything on the Autism in Action podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Autism in Action podcast. For show notes, more information, and downloads, head on over to TashaRollins.com and join the Autism in Action Facebook group to stay connected. Please leave a review on iTunes and help spread awareness on social by sharing this episode.